I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooter Touch Podcast. If this is your first episode, welcome. If you're joining us again, uh, we appreciate it. We really do. We, all your support means a lot to us and the reason why we do this. Uh, today we have a fun episode for you. We talk half-price apps, cheese fries, muni golf, water skiing. Oh, and we do get into some basketball and talk some Panther basketball with our guest, Austin Fife. Uh, if you don't know this kid's story, it is unbelievable, some of the hardships that he's gone through in his career, um, but maybe even more impressive is his outlook on everything and his positive attitude and the way that he just continues to put in the work and continues to get better and, and strive for what he wants. So this one's fun. We hope you enjoy it. As always, shoot or shoot. Austin Fife, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Hey, we're excited to have you on here. Excited to hear your story. Um, see kind of how what the future holds for you. But before we get into that, how's the spring been so far? Um, what are you up to? Um, anything uh, going on in your neck of woods? Still working out? Still getting in the gym a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, on a workout plan kind of right now just to get back into things. Um, a lot of just kind of keeping my heart rate and certain little increments every week, kind of um, uh, up and that up a little bit on the bike, uh, doing that kind of stuff. And I'm able to still do things like shoot on the gun, uh, do other little workout things like that. I haven't been doing too much up and down playing, just kind of working on reconditioning myself uh, and getting in the gym and be able to do what I can do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll get into why that is. Um, however, let's, uh, let's go way back. Um, Obviously, we know a little bit about you, you know, being from a similar area, but just for our listeners, you know, where'd you grow up? Um, what was uh, your childhood like, you know, uh, as far as, um, you know, friends around and, you know, what you did with those friends and then athletics and, the, um, you know, elementary, middle school age? Yeah, uh, from Waverly, Iowa, originally grew up, uh, moved there in third grade. Before that, I was kind of all over the place. Uh, I was actually able to be overseas uh, a couple of years with my dad while he was playing basketball over there, uh, which is pretty cool. Don't really remember anything, but they have stories. So been back, gone back a couple of times to visit, which is pretty cool. But they all remembered me being a baby, but I don't really remember much about that. Uh, but yeah, third grade, did that. Uh, no, growing up, just played all the sports, with all my buddies, all that kind of stuff. Then uh, middle school, high school hit, kind of started narrowing it down a little bit. Uh, played football for a while, stopped that my sophomore year. Uh, continue to play basketball 
all through high school and uh, uh, golf, golf as well. So. <laughs> Got to get out on the links. Got to get out on the links once in a while. Um, and so, uh, you know, elementary age, you know, you, you mentioned that you moved moved here back to Iowa, um, here kind of middle of elementary. You know, was was that kind of a time where it was, you know, where it was basketball, where it was, wasn't you know, only you know, football? Or, or were there more sports than playing baseball and, and those types of things too? Yeah, it was basketball, baseball, uh, a little bit of soccer. Um, that was one of the first ones I ended, but I was able to, yeah. So then I didn't, there wasn't really a golf team yet, but I did little lessons here and there just to kind of do that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's some baseball and soccer in there as well, which, so, which was fun, but baseball is one of, uh, kind of once AAU starts picking up, it's not really much time to do right. both of those. And then football, um, when I committed my sophomore year to you and I, it was, uh, it's one of those things where I had a lot to risk. Um, yep. I enjoyed it, but I was also at peace with uh, being done with it. That aspect yeah. Of things, so, yeah. Yeah. Where were these yeah, golf definitely. lessons? Where were these golf lessons at? Where, so is this Waverly? Were you in Centennial or Muni or did you go down to Cedar Falls? So it was, it was like a little, it wasn't like even a one-on-one lesson. It was kind of for young kids. It was just like a class or like six or seven of us and we'd play. Uh, and it was mostly, we'd play the public course mostly, but we'd go to Centennial, uh, which is Prairie Links now, actually. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. it. Uh, and just maybe drive and range and play there every once in a while, but it was more at the public course. Muni, that's uh, old Waverly Municipal is a good little track. It's, it uh, is. it's a, a nice town spot. for Waverly to be, you know, 6,000 plus, uh, have two good 18 hole courses um, is a little unusual. So uh, it it's, it's no question why. And you, if you're in Waverly, you get a little bit of the golf bug pretty easy. Yeah, that was the best thing about best thing about the high, being on the high school team too was, I mean, I like to golf, but it's not don't didn't love competing in that manner with the golf, just because I'm trying to go out there and just play nine, eighteen holes and not have it be super competitive, but still have fun. But yeah. uh, everyone that was on the golf team it was fifty dollars summer pass all summer to golf, so it's like nice. That's worth it right there. Let's do it. Absolutely. It's worth a few weeks of my. Few nights, absolutely. Few, few meets absolutely. to get through, but I'm like, yeah, right. Well, yeah. Um, well, hey, so, uh, so um, I played, I played ball um, with um, um, with Mean Joe Green all through yeah. high school, and then obviously a couple of years uh, at UNI too. And he would always talk about uh, the mean courts in Waverly uh, at at some of the parks. So what uh, what were uh, what were the parks that that you went to play? Um, you know, when you were growing up, um, and what do you remember about that? You know, we talk about it all the time here that you know you can go to college and you can play hoops with whoever you play with you know whatever if it's d2 d1 whatever it is but you know with those dudes you play high school with those dudes you grow up and play basketball with you know there there's just a special bond there so so what do you remember about that yeah uh i mean i was fortunate enough to be able kind of younger age to that's when the au route kind of started really picking up but it wasn't huge yet and probably until sixth or seventh grade I played on a team, but I was also – my main team was still my Waverly club team, whatever you want to call it. And that's just the, those connections you make growing up, loving that. Like, those are your guys. And then uh, looking at it, hey, you picked up and there wasn't – and, you know, guys start falling out here and there as mm-hmm. keep getting older and older. But then uh, my freshman and sophomore year, I was fortunate enough to play um, varsity right away. So you're still with – guys you know but then you look at like my 
junior senior year that's like the probably my favorite season favorite years just because it's your core group that you grew up playing with that you have all these memories of all these little tacky medals that we got that we thought were the coolest things ever uh growing up but then you get to like I said that junior senior year and it's uh just more meaningful just being able to do with them a lot more um yeah just that meaningful and just means more personally yeah yeah so when did you start playing at AAU then so I started actually fairly young um, on one team, fourth, fifth grade, called the Gym Rats. Oh, yeah. And we actually had we actually had a really good team. It wasn't uh it was put on by Carrie Ash. Uh, it's a uh, dad of Austin Ash. I don't know if you've heard that name. He's out. Uh, he's at wow. he's at Iowa. He's in the portal right now. But he's found me. It was earlier on. They just needed a big guy, so it was me, um, Austin Ash. Then we had a uh, Tiger Campbell, plays at UCLA now. Yeah. He was on the team. Uh, Jack Nungy. Yeah. He's at Iowa. at Xavier now. Um, then we had John Nagel, who went to West Delaware, played football at Iowa State. Uh, Sam Allen, D2 kid at Upper Iowa right now. Uh, and this is a squad. I know. Yeah. And then uh, Devin Moore, he went to Iowa State for football for a year. But, um, yeah, like, we look at just down the list at fourth, fifth grade, this guy's out here finding – bunch of guys that went on to play division one, division two, just being division one, division two athletes. But that was something I did for a couple of years and was awesome. And then you had the big names like Barnstormers attack, that kind of stuff kind of come in and start pulling guys out just as guys kind of moved on to getting in the bigger programs, go to bigger tournaments, things like that. Um, was Martin brothers at, at that young age, you know, I know they've expanded their program quite a bit lately, but was Martin brothers a, a, a thing in when you were in fifth grade? So I played, um, it was like Martin Brothers Legacy at the time. Oh. It was kind of a mix-up. It wasn't Martin Brothers, Martin Brothers, really, yet at the time. It was for, like, high schoolers, but not my yeah. age. So I played on a Martin Brothers team with a couple Waverly buddies, actually. It was kind of more of a just really Midwest, but mostly just kind of Iowa tournaments that we went to. It was a bunch of my Waverly buddies and uh, a few kids from Dyke. And then uh, – and that was for like fifth, sixth, seventh, well, more like sixth, seventh. Yeah. And then uh, starting, I think, eighth grade years when I made the move to Barnstormers. And then I did that for all my high school years. You're like right at that age where like the, those younger levels were like actual competitive, like for fifth yep. and sixth grade. You know, you're kind of right on that cusp of where, you know, a few people came before you. Was, eh, maybe seventh grade, eighth grade, we had a team or whatever. And so it's kind of interesting to see, like you said, to be able to put a team together of a bunch of buddies uh, or a bunch of kids. Hey, pretty good. Or, you know, we, who's the tallest fifth grader in the area? And then yeah. you guys all end up going and playing college basketball and having great careers. And so yeah. um, that's that's pretty special to hear about. But uh, what? tell me a little bit about Coach Staggy. Obviously, Nate Staggy uh, was your coach at Waverly. Um, if you got any great stories, he's a past guest, friend of mine, obviously, so I'll take those. But uh, uh, what did you learn under him, and uh, how do you think that helped prepare you ultimately for the next level? Yeah, I learned a, a great guy. I still talk to him a lot uh, nowadays. Um, he's – one of his biggest just for me that helped was that he had guys like Clayton Betty, Clint Carlson go through the program. So I wasn't his first division one potential type of player. He's had guys that he's been able to mentor and get to the next level. 
So just the, his knowledge um, that he was able to share with me, even the outside of basketball stuff when it comes to those conversations was huge. And then just looking at him on the basketball floor, just he's just a winner when you look at him, how successful he's been um, in his time there. Uh, he's definitely one that uh, puts in the time, cares a lot about it. Uh, he's always going to be watching film, doing stuff like that. I actually did a little job co-op with him my senior year of high school. And it was more uh, him sitting in his office watching film and me being out there while uh, being a PE teacher nope. for him. But Sounds about right. Yeah. He's he's like the king of student teachers. He's always, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's always got someone in there doing his job for him. Yep. Uh, no, nah, but uh, I say one story that was kind of funny was like every year he's notorious for just kicking everybody out of practice, just doing it just kind of at that point of the season, just to kind of get his little point across and let us figure things out for ourselves. And we were like 13 and all or 14 and all at this time. And we're like, and, and uh, we have people, there's someone there. It was someone from Wartburg or something was there doing a little special or piece on me. And we're like 20 minutes into practice and he kicks us out of practice. <laughs> so he comes, he comes in the locker room, starts yelling at us and stuff. And then he's like, he walks out and he's like, fight, go out there and shoot some hoops and do some interviews for this stuff. So it looks like we practice today. I'm like, <laughs> Could have picked like tomorrow to kick us out of practice. It's like we're 20 minutes in. Like, could have turned around a little bit, but like, oh, that's funny. I tell you what, coach, and maybe it was just the age and um, when uh, him and I actually lived together, but I, I feel like he was one of the first ones that started filming practice. And you mentioned watching film and stuff. I mean, he was one of the first ones. Like, I remember him, you know, at the time breaking down practice film and this is, uh, you know, this is like, oh, eight, probably oh nine. And it's like, man, at that time, it was so new. Um, but obviously, yeah. you know, then things just really started taking off. And you mentioned, you know, the two guys that came before you, um, along with a bunch of other talent, but that's what ultimately kind of when the frequent trips down to Wells Fargo started happening. So it, it uh, must have worked. Um, you know, you guys had a lot of talent and won a lot of basketball games and had to have a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, you from someone that's not uh, part of like our program or just on the outside looking in, they might not like Waverly because we've been successful, things like that. And they might just be, oh, they've had a lot of talent go through. But he's also a big point of, because my freshman year, I mean, I was a big kid, but I wasn't great at basketball. I was able to do some stuff around the rim, but he's a big reason that helped develop me into the player I was by the time my senior year hit. And I know he was the same with Vetti and Clint as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, Vetti was. Uh, he spent a lot of times down in the old PC at Warburg. Yep. We were doing our workouts, and <laughs> he was down there too. So, but um, how big? Uh, what's that? He just got done playing. Actually, he's back now. Oh really? He's back now. Uh, still, uh, uh, he plays a lot of guitar. Him and his brother, a couple, they got a band going, and then uh, I think he's actually going to help out with Warburg this year. Help out with their team. So, where was he at? Where was he playing? He was all over. He was in, I think his latest one was in Belgium. Okay. And then uh, he had a little knee injury and then it was just kind of set the point. He's been over there for a while. I was going to say, that's been like, that's been like 10 years, right? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Right close. You know, I think, yeah, I was going to say either eight, nine or 10. It's up there. I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, That's great. I know that, uh, the the college route didn't probably go quite as he had envisioned so that was cool that he was able to 
put it all together and have some success. And yeah. he loves the game. So that's cool to see. Yeah, he does. Um, Nashua, do you spend any time on the lake in Nashua or what's the deal there? Growing up, I spent a lot of time there. So we'd always take our boat out. We got a real nice spot there. Um, just that area is really nice. Never, oh, we camped there a few times, a little campground right there. That's but nice. We'd either drive home to Waverly or stay with my grandparents still live there in Nashua. So, but yeah, that's still where we store our boat every winter. So, love it. My, uh, yeah. my, my grandma had a house on the lake there for, Many, many, many years. So I spent, uh, grew up on that, on that yeah, water. It's a nice area. It like is. It. It's great. I mean, that's where I learned to ski, where I learned to ski yeah, for right. the first I time. It. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, um, some will call it a river, but uh, it's nice little <laughs> yeah, lake. It's a nice little yeah. lake there. It so. is. It is. But, um, so obviously your dad uh, from Nashville too, how big an influence your dad uh, have on your career? Um, you mentioned obviously his uh, career overseas and then his career at UNI. Um, growing up, what was that like and kind of his influence on you? Um, did you ever kind of feel, feel the pressure, um, as well, just from, from your dad's local, uh, success or what was that like as a kid? Um, I'd say I always felt a little bit, but, uh, nothing major. I'd say everything he did was, I mean, there were times as a kid, of course, he's going to hold me to a little bit higher standards than everyone else, but I was also five inches taller than everybody and had a little more skill than everybody else. So. I mean, there was times I'd maybe bicker with him a little bit, but I knew in the long run he was just trying to help me. But uh, everything I really learned until I even think until like middle school that put me in the place to play like on these AU teams and stuff, that was all him uh, just teaching me the game and uh, supporting me, being at all, being at everything he could be. And uh, looking at just like once I got to high school, things like that, he really wanted to back off and let it just be me. Let uh I mean, he'd go in the gym, shoot with me or something if I wanted him to rebound or shoot in the driveway, things like that. But he knew that that was kind of the age where he doesn't need to be the parent, either coaching me or being in the stands, telling me what I need to do, um, kind of reach that point. I mean, varsity basketball, it's one in a state championship, not one in a seventh grade middle school game. Right. So, but uh, still supporting me. And like, he would still let me know what I could improve on, things like that, but he wasn't he gets uh, that it wasn't really about me, especially my freshman year playing varsity. It was like more about the team winning, things like that. Um, and then you look at the recruiting trail. I mean, you and I, you and I offers me my freshman year of college. And it's like, I'm 15, year, 15, I'm sorry, freshman year of high school. It's like, I'm 15 years old. It's like, what do I do with that? And then just the whole recruiting process, he was great with me and never pressured me into you and I never did anything like that. He wanted it to be my own decision. Uh, went on all my visits with me. Um, even though I knew in the back of my head it was probably most likely going to be you and I, I just wanted to see what else was out there. I mean, I grew up going to you and I games and all that kind of stuff, but he was great supporting me in that manner of wanting me to go out there and see something different and make sure that that's what I wanted to do. Who Who is close? Who is second in your recruiting? So I really liked actually South Dakota State. Okay. That was up there. And then, because um, I committed early. Right. So at the time, uh, Mac was still talking to me a lot with Creighton. Uh, Ollie Frogness was uh, at Nebraska at the time. Yep. So that was still in the talks. But uh, schools like in Iowa, like Ira, I would say that I always knew that would be you and I over those ones. Yep. But South Dakota State, one of the big things I actually liked was they were the creators of uh, cookies and cream ice cream. 
nice. I thought that was my sister went on a visit when uh, she was in high school and she wasn't a huge talker. So I was just there like I was like sixth grade, I think. And they said cookies and cream ice cream from that moment on, like when I was in sixth grade, I'm like, that's sweet. Like then I went back there, I'm like, yeah, you guys are the crazy cookies and cream cookies and cream ice cream. And they like started rattling off about it. But how do you know that? That was just a, another good program that good kind of family feel there that they got going on. Yeah. When's the uh when's the first time you beat your dad one on one? So we're gonna have different stories. I'd say uh I'd say around like eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. Probably, probably more ninth grade, like legit. Yeah. I mean seventh and eighth grade. He was just he was still big enough where like compared to me where he could still just foul me and do whatever he wanted to do, like back and down. But ninth grade started getting the weight room more, kind of doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was able to it was never really the basketball skill at that point. He was just the size comparison. And he wasn't gonna lose, he was just let me win. So he would just use that. But I'd is he one to uh is he one to quit playing you after you beat him? Or he keep trying after that? Uh keep trying, but then just yeah. I mean he reached a point where we stopped playing after a while. <laughs> But he'd, he'd always have something, always have an excuse or something to, to say. So. What, what about a little two-on-one, your dad and Akinrod versus you? You think you could take him or what? I don't know. Bill's pretty pretty flashy. <laughs> He's pretty flashy. That's a word for it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Those, those guys, those guys ran, uh, ran some Waverly City League for quite a while, though. Together. I remember, yeah, when I was young. Because I remember – Watching my dad, like, right away, like, the earliest I can remember. Not overseas, but, like, playing in the yeah. rec league in the old middle – old junior high. Like, yeah. But then I remember by the end of it, uh, he'd get a rebound or something and just stay back. He wouldn't even go down <laughs> on offense. He'd just stay on defense. That's what I was really remembering. He was like, yeah, he's like, it's not worth it. Well, not if Eck has it. He's going to shoot it anyway. So. Yeah, he is. It's going up. It's going up. So. Going up. No, that's good. So, uh, so on the recruit trail, I know you committed early. Um, have any have any offers that came in late that you were like, or not maybe not even would have thought about, but we were like, man, I wish I would have took that visit. Like, I wish I would have gone out to Pepperdine or whatever it was. Did you have anything like that? So, I had, um, I had, I had an Air Force offer, which was kind of cool, actually. That would um, cool. My my dad and I went out there because Colorado was. Uh, hit me up pretty hard, and they were one that wanted me to wait a little bit before I committed. Because wanted to see a little bit more, and that was a cool visit. So I went to Air Force in Colorado, went out there. I mean, it wasn't an official visit, but it was when I was unofficial. And Air Force is probably one of the coolest places I've ever seen. To be camp, Air Force, that cool. campus, yeah, that campus is super mm-hmm. cool. What? How does that? I mean, how does that work though from an athlete? I mean, because you still got to do a lot of the same stuff that everybody else is doing, right? Yeah. So I still would have served. Well, the thing is, you can't. They don't let you fly if you're over six six. So I'm like, what am I gonna do with the right Because it's like uh five years. I think you have to serve the rule. Okay. So I would just had to been like an office job for five years after I was done, which I would have been fine with. I mean, you could have handled that. You look with a degree from there too, you're gonna be set for mm-hmm. whatever you yeah. want. But I'd say uh Colorado is one of my favorite places I've been to. That was a really cool campus. Um other than that, there were just a few phone calls that I had to make when I was when I committed to you and I that more of the high majors that were that just made me kind of think like if I did wait a year right. and teams like they were most likely saying that then they would have come in but I mean I was still a sophomore not my 
potential, but I was at the point where I had offered for a year and a half, two years, and I knew you and I was going to be somewhere where could most likely make an impact early on, be close to home, kind of got the things going that uh, I want, got the family feel, great coaching staff, and it was uh, – I kind of thought to myself, it's like if I had to say no to everyone, who could I not say no to? And that was one like that. I was like, that's the phone call I wasn't going to be able to make. That's a good way to think about it. And yeah. so, so, so you committed early just because yep. you wanted to, not because they were saying, Hey, we need you. We need you to decide. Um, nope. Do it because you want to. Okay. Cool. No pre- There's no pressure from them. Uh, I was just kind of ready. And it was nice mm-hmm. to have my junior and senior years, not having to yep. worry who's in the, who's in the crowd, who's in the stands. Um, the AU season was a lot. The live periods were a lot less stressful. Don't have to worry about who's there. Just kind of, I mean, you and I would be there, but it's like, I'm good. I'm right. not a bad game. It's all right. So it was things <laughs> like that. They were kind yeah. of nice. Yeah, there is, there is something to be said about taking that pressure off, especially, especially for those last years, you know, when you're supposed to have your best years of, of high school basketball playing with your buddies, like we kind of mentioned yeah. um, here earlier in the pod. Um, all right. So get on campus. I'm assuming you get there uh, in May or June for summer school. Yeah. Um, what was the what was the biggest transition uh, that you remember for those first couple months? I'd say just the overall the uh, speed of the game, um, speed and how because in high school I'm not gonna say I didn't play defense, but just being having four or five inches on a lot of the teams we played, it's like you don't really have to do much. No, but you play defense hang, in high school. Come on, now. <laughs> you kind of hang around in the paint and just kind of. They're coming in, you're probably gonna block their shot anyway. So it's like, all right. Um, I just say the speed and the strength. Um, you can't take you couldn't take any plays off. Um, and just how everyone there is like in your positions the same level of physicality, level most likely level of skills, like it's all there. It's just there's no nothing really easy. It doesn't come easy anymore as it used to. So I'd say that's the biggest, it's kind of um, and it wasn't even the work ethic part of it. It was just the transition of, oh, you really got to really gotta go. Yeah, right. And you're exactly right that, you know, in high school, especially, you know, in, you know, when you get up to the, the higher levels, maybe not, but, you know, you're every game here, here and there, you know, you, you could be playing against a football player. And, yeah. you know, in, in college, you're playing against all basketball players and that's, yeah. that's their job. That's what they do. Um, and their skill levels is, is obviously much higher at a, at a more consistent rate. But, um, and I, you know, you mentioned the strength. I, I, um, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the pod, but I'll, I'll, I will never forget doing, uh, weights with just a PVC pipe for like a week straight and not being able to walk that in, that entire week from just lifting PVC pipe. Um, just the technique, yeah. I've, I've never felt weaker in my entire life than in that, um, in that week. But, um, how about, how about on the court? Um, who, or maybe when do you remember a, a moment like, Oh, I'm in division one college basketball now. Um, we had, well, my first collegiate game was at North Carolina Okay. Welcome. And Interesting. Welcome. welcome to college basketball. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, all right, here we go. Chapel Hill. <laughs> here we go. Uh, but I check in and I hadn't played. We had an exhibition against Wisconsin, which was pretty fun, but that was nothing too crazy. Didn't play a whole lot. Uh, then North Carolina game was like four or five minutes in, and I check in. I'm like, here we go. And then uh, check in, go to the free throw line, 
because it was a free throw when it came. Wasn't shooting, just going, get my thing. And I hear uh, Roy Williams yell, number 50 is a lefty. And I got all excited. I'm like, Roy Williams knew, like, I'm a lefty. I'm like, he knows my number. Like, <laughs> like, you know, a little 18-year-old kid, first college game. It's sold, like, not sold out, but a packed dean dome. You're like, and Roy Williams knows, knows who I am. And I was <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'm like, here we go. And then box out, come down foul just instantly just <laughs> too slow luke may gets past me foul come back come back down get a bucket quick and the first college bucket i'm like okay yeah okay, I, I got mine too mm-hmm. come down it's like i don't even know his name he was like seven one just huge just try to wall up another foul come out the game i'm like yeah <laughs> like yeah i mean i got i was like i got my bucket but i got two two quick ones and i'm like yeah, here we go. I'm like, yeah, you got you, you, you got the bucket in the Dean Dome. That's yeah. that that's good enough for that for that yeah. game. <laughs> like, yeah, change the minds. Like just there's like I said, just the speed and everything. You expect to be in the right spot, but it's just a little bit quicker, a little mm-hmm. bit quicker. Yep, yep, I can see that. Uh, well, that's a cool, obviously cool experience. You know, there's so many cool experiences yeah. in, 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 in in college basketball at any level. Um, you know, there's just some cool experience that not everybody gets to um have so that's that's obviously one of them you know so after that freshman year you know about you know you guys are teetering around 500 um and i mean next year you know obviously you know sophomore year um i think freshman year you you played in uh between 25 and 28 games um yep. averaged almost uh you know, nine and ten points a game so a really good freshman year um and then sophomore year um i mean i just come in there with high aspirations stuff like that Walk us through that. You know, we know that, you know, um, had the hardest year sophomore year. Um, how, how did how'd that all come about? And then, you know, maybe walk us through a little bit of the, you know, that year. Um, you know, obviously very, very tough to deal with, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it was definitely um, a lot of people were excited. Like, I was excited. I mean, you got that first year under your belt and everything just, even by the end of my freshman year, everything just slows down. It's still quick, but even looking at now, right now, just every game, it's just nothing. Like, it's just another day it's not anything it's crazy in the five years how much can change but yeah that sophomore year definitely excited and then uh started having some passing out spells um that they ended up calling base of eagle syncope and it was my they said it's the doctors when we talked about it they said it's common in uh taller teenage boys but it's not common to like people when you talk about it they think it's common because they fairly common because they've seen it a lot it happened but it's not something you really ever hear about from just a normal person this conversation doesn't just come up all right but uh that was something something that i struggled with for a while it was like even sometimes like five six times a week i was passing out and just not really knowing why and then they said it's one of those things that could have lasted um it could last a week two months three years this is kind of I can do some stuff but they gave me a little like it was like an EpiPen type thing uh you just kind of shoot it in after you pass out it's just kind of supposed to rehabilitate you pretty much and it was just my uh blood was getting caught just down in my legs so it wasn't getting up to where I need to so when I passed out the blood kind of flowed and it just kind of popped me back so I had to wear the old uh mole stockings that older people wear mm-hmm. so I remember it was like 90, 95, 96, super hot day. Not to wear these stockings. I, I tried to wear pants as much as I could. I was like, I'm not trying to go out just wearing these stockings. 
remember going to Walmart and just walking around out of my stockings pulled up and I see probably like a 95 year old, one of those little scooters wearing the same stockings I was. I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. But it was definitely it was definitely tough just not being able to play. Um, but it was also I was able to look at it. Um, and just still being fairly young, I was kind of able to get the old uh, never know when your last game is going to be. So I knew like after that, that I kind of got the, you never know, you kind of get that feeling. Cause I wasn't sure for a while if I was ever going to play basketball again. Again, it's not how you wanted to, even though I did pretty good freshman year, it's not how you want to end your basketball career. So I kind of got that everyday kind of feeling of once you can get back, you got to, you know what I mean? Like old, you know how yeah. guys say it now, they wish they would have done something back then trying to get that. But I was also able to really, um, that's kind of the year we implemented our flow offense that we've been running. So I really got to kind of sit back and see and watch that. Wasn't able to get too many reps at it necessarily, but I was kind of able to see the reads that I would be able to make playing in the future and just kind of how it all worked. So, um, it was definitely hard not being able to play, but there were definitely some positives I was able to take out of it, which I'm thankful for. The the casualness of you talking about passing out is like <laughs> terrifying, by the way. Like that is, I, it, I, I, we got to explain this a little bit further. So like, what are you doing in these moments in which that, so it's a lack of oxygen essentially is what it was why you're passing out. And so what, like, what are you doing? Like, are you falling? Are you hurting yourself? Like, how does that all go down? So I was able to, the first time I kind of fell, but then I was able to figure out, like, feel it coming on. Okay. Uh-huh. It was kind of like, have you heard those feelings when you just stand up too quick or something? Yeah. yeah. So it kind of started like that, and I could feel it coming. And it would do that for, like, five to ten seconds. So I was able to sit down or do something. Um, and then it would just happen. It would be, like, two seconds, and I would just pop back up. Wow. So, so are you, like – I mean, you're so you're just sticking yourself with this epi like pen thing too, or what? How does that? I mean, is this pulp fiction? So that, or what's going on here? So that was later, kind of when it started, like, kind of started to get over it. That was just yeah. something where, if I did feel it coming on, I just did that, and I was supposed to do something with my blood, get it back up, just to kind of, I don't know the medical terms they use. They use all big words on this thing. Right. So, I take this thing, stick it with. Me. But so I only had to actually do that two times. So okay, oh, so like, later on. So so what do your buddies think? Like, are you like, all right, guys? Hey, here's the deal. Like, if I here's where my pen's at. Like, you know, are you like yeah. prepping these guys or what's going on? So there was one time the cause everybody knew about it, but um, the first time it happened, like in the locker room, uh, I was sitting there and I just went back in my locker and kind of sat back, and I told. Um, it was Isaiah Brown next to me and Taiwan on my other side. And I told him to like catch me in case I fall forward. Cause I was like, that might happen. And then I woke up on the ground, just pissed. I was pissed at him. <laughs> Cause when I woke up, I was laying on the ground. I'm like, I'm like, what did we just talk about? Like, come on, oh, you're supposed to catch me. That is a <laughs> lack like, of execution right there. They were like, uh, they, were, they said, well, I saw you like going out and it just kind of freaked it. They said it freaked both of them out. Yeah. And then they didn't know what to do. And they saw me fall and they were like, no, this is freaking me out you just talking about it. i'm like man my, my, my guy was like i'd be like wait what do we have to do here like how is no way like that's scary man the fact that you kind of went through that and i know that it sounds like we're getting closer and things are on the other side of it man that's hey 
you know, I know we all feel invincible at that age, but that is something to look back on. That, it's scary. Definitely a little wake up call. Mm-hmm. Anything, anything can happen to you. And right. it was definitely not a normal conversation the first couple of times when I said, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I passed out. Cause it's like, that doesn't just happen. But by the end of it, I'm like, yep, it happened, but it's nothing. <laughs> I'll say Adam yeah. and I passed out plenty in college, but it was a little different than that. So. <laughs> because I was studying too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, talked about coming back from that. Um, you know, obviously I, I, obviously athletes, kids come back from injuries all the time, but, you know, that's a little bit different. So was there, is your mindset like, Hey, the doctors told me I'm good. So I'm good. Or is it, Hey, doctors told me I'm good, but you know, that's still pretty scary. You know, how was, how was, how was that mindset when he, when he actually started coming back to actually playing, um, um, hoops again? Yeah, it was definitely scary at first. I was like, it's me playing basketball like this. Is going to, is just going to happen again? Cause I waited a while, even at, probably another like two or three months from the last time it happened. So I really started doing stuff again. I mean, I did some steady stuff, but I was like, I'm not going to go bench or squat right now. Like have a bar a weight above me. It's like, that's not, it doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do. Um, so even the first couple of times doing that, it was scary, but then just kind of every day, a little more normal, a little more right. normal, a little more normal until you just kind of back of your head. Don't really even think about it. And then the basketball side of things just really worked my way back into it. Just doing stuff like shooting on the gun, just shooting by myself for a little bit and getting into some more uppity workouts and getting into little group workouts and then really being able to get in those team workouts and going up and down with everybody. So it was definitely something on my mind, but the more like week by week, just kind of kept going farther back, the better I felt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm sure that took a while to come back from. Um, however, you know, obviously happy that everything, everything worked out. You know, we laugh about it, but as Brian said, that's, that, that's, that's, that's pretty scary stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, was uh, all right. So let's maybe skip ahead a little bit to last season. You know, you, uh, um, had the, had the case of long COVID and, you know, I don't, um, I just don't know as much as you probably do. So, so explain that a little bit. So you get COVID and then it just kind of continues with you or, or explain that a little bit more, um, here to our listeners. Yeah. So, uh, I got it. I would have got COVID last. It would have been the last end of June because I was quarantining over the 4th of July. And uh, it was just nothing crazy. Smell and taste was gone. Uh, but then it was just like a day of fever, then just kind of allergy feel, just stuff, stuffiness for another two or three days. And then didn't, do, didn't really work out or anything during that 10 day span. Then getting back to it, I'm like, oh, I'm just out of shape. Just kind of work my way back into it. It's not feeling great. And then it just really never got too much better um, as I was going. And it was, uh, there, been, there, there were good days and bad days as I went, but just nothing ever to what should have been normal mm-hmm. for my own, for myself. And then the season got there and just kind of all the coaches knew all the, and it was just such an unknown thing. There wasn't too much you could really do about it at the time just because i mean everyone was still just i mean i was vaccinated at the time but everyone's still worrying about that stuff not really the after effects weren't really a huge thing there wasn't really even much that they were known that they could do um then the season started and um first couple of games was actually actually able to play uh quite a bit um but it wasn't me playing how i normally play 
it was me knowing I'm going to get tired. So I wasn't doing things like crashing the offensive glass. I wasn't on defense, maybe in drop coverage, not in a two dribble trap or something of that sort. Um, so then we, when he got checked out kind of like a second time, just to really see uh, there were like a three or four game span where I didn't play, um, got some new medicine and it seemed to maybe be doing the trick, but still nothing crazy. And then just as the season kind of just kept going on and just, uh, never got better. Uh, and it was, uh, what it felt like for me personally was just after a trip or two, uh, my, te- uh, my chest would just started tightening up and it was, uh, like I couldn't, I just couldn't get a deep breath in. So I was wheezing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would have to come out as everybody knows. Um, and then if I went back in, it'd have to be a shorter stretch because I'm still occupied for like, I'm still tired from the first trip where mm-hmm. I was in. And then, uh, we were able to find, um, when I said, when I missed some games, they were able to find that there was scarring in the lungs from COVID. Uh, so that's what the medicine was that they were giving me, trying to cure that and help with that. So they just kind of told me it was probably going to have to be those short stints of time. Uh, and then these last, uh, when I was there recently at Mayo, it was more the, it looks like the scarring was going down, which they weren't sure if that was because I haven't been doing much physical activity before I had those tests. Um, but they think it might be something that just kind of goes away now that I maybe have taken, they're not sure if it'll come back. But then they also said it definitely gave me exercise induced asthma. Hmm. COVID did. So that was that. De- so when my chest was tightening up um, and I couldn't breathe, it was like I was having an asthma attack every two minutes. So I was out there trying to like catch a breath and I couldn't because I couldn't get a deep breath in. So I was panting and wheezing and there was just nothing I could really do about it. So that's what they're really treating for me now. They're focusing more on the exercise-induced asthma instead of the scarring uh, in the lungs because it looks like that might take care of it itself on its own. But um, it seems to be going on the right track. And that's the hardest point part now really is because um, I'm still feeling tired and getting tired, but I'm also deconditioned because I haven't done anything in a long time. So mm-hmm. – and that was like part of the problem, the duration of the season. Some games it was even less and less because I was just – I wasn't really able to do much of practice. So by the end of the season, I have this going on and I don't have my initial condition that I had right away. Yes. Have you – did you notice anything with your – like with your taste and even your smell kind of like coming and going or some things that you would taste that would taste differently? Like later, you're like, oh, man, that – like I've had this – every week for the last week and now it tastes different today or any of that stuff a little bit so um my smell is actually now really just starting to come back okay. like the whole wow. season everything was just nothing so i was and they say it's they say your taste is mostly smell yeah so i felt like when i was really getting my taste back too i think my mind was just kind of telling me this yeah. i know what this tastes like so this is what it tastes like yeah but um I definitely started eating a lot. Like I always hated tomatoes, absolutely hated tomatoes. Yeah. And then I didn't even know, like uh, my girlfriend was eating something with tomatoes on it. And I just took one. So I'm like, I'll try it. And it's now, now I just love tomatoes. I don't, it's funny. I don't know what it is or anything else, but it's some, so some stuff like that's just different. Um, but yeah, there's all the foods I like 
Like I'm big, I'm a big steak guy, so still like steak. So I'm good in that. Department. You're good. Yeah. You're good there. The, <laughs> the smell part of it is like the craziest thing. I know that was like for me when I that and that that's the only way I would have known too. Because all of a sudden I'm like, can't smell anything, and it's it's weird. It's weird to like be like, and then how much your daily day is, life is like how much you smell and how much you can tell like where you're at. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. 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 It and then all of a sudden you're like, this is just weird. Like everything feels the same. <laughs> It's crazy too how much people bring up how like the smell of something, right? Because yeah. people always bring it up to me. I'm like, you know, I can't smell. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we're talking about this. Like, oh, I forgot. Like, yeah. The other part of that too is like you said. Like I've known a lot of people who it's it's been, you know, six, seven, eight months, and they're like smell is still 50 percent at best or it's like some things like all of a sudden like oh I can smell popcorn like I, it's the first some thing I smelled in a month yeah. you know and it's like geez. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, like you yeah. said too, I mean, the, the crazy part about it is it's like, we just don't know, like we just don't have enough information. We don't have enough research. It's also new. And so it's like, Oh, it could be, this could be, that could be, could take this long, could take that long. And everybody's different. We just don't know how things react. Yeah. And so, uh, man, that's tough. That's crazy too. That you just, you just go like, let's go, let's catch a break already, man. I, I know. Start, I know. You know and COVID, like, let's, let's just go, let me go out there and just dunk on somebody here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> catch a break. But yeah, like you said, the people not knowing, I mean, I was at Mayo meeting with people and they say they've had people like experiencing a lot of people experiencing the same thing as me, but you just don't, uh, usually don't see it. And, younger athletes and a lot of people they say kind of have the same stuff going on but they're not exerting the energy and doing the things that I'm trying to do because my everyday life is fine like walking around and all that kind of stuff it's just when I really pick up pick up my pace and really do something like do exercise kind of that standpoint and they say that uh, even the spe specialist I met with uh, he said because I was we were happy that we could kind of see the asthma taking place and some of the tests I did they say there's people that have the same stuff going on as me and they do tests and try to find things and I just can't find anything it's just something that COVID got them and they just don't know how to treat it or where it's really at to see it right now which is crazy yeah see, that's wild. yeah well like you said hopefully we're catching some breaks here and uh in the sure. um with that uh so what's the what's the what's what's plan here moving forward? I know you mentioned you're getting you know you're up up um, at the doctors uh, I guess in Rochester. Um, plan is if everything goes well, um, all those tests come out like we want them to. Um, awesome five back in the McLeod Center next year. That's the plan. If it all goes good, yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. So one more year that would be uh, that would that would be good for uh, that would be good for Panthers and for Panther Nation. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 keep our fingers crossed with that. What um, I guess what is like a time frame for you? Um, I think you mentioned off air that maybe maybe uh, maybe midsummer you'll know more. Uh, what what does that timeline look like? Yeah, I think probably midsummer, kind of more of the really letting the, the medicine kick in and really get a feel. But I mean, like I said, I'm making good steps right now feeling the progress kind of get myself back into that shape into the because I still haven't really I haven't played a pickup game of basketball that kind of stuff yet but the stuff I've been doing leaning into it's already felt better than how it would have felt like during the season if I tried to hop on a bike for half an hour and do the things I'm doing awesome. right now so um yeah probably that midsummer just kind of really seeing it I could see um even myself being around maybe even even if I don't play just kind of being around the team and trying to help out with what mm -hmm. I can just because stuff like that. But hopefully right. I'm on the core plane. Yes, awesome. 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we got you out on the court. We'd love to see that. Um, you mentioned kind of being around, and you've been through a lot. We obviously we just covered it all. So, what what advice would you give to a, a, a an incoming freshman as far as how to navigate this world of college basketball and dealing with class and um, your work and load schedule as a as a Division one athlete? What what advice, given your experience, you've kind of seen it um, from both sides as a player and kind of taking it in, you know, injury slash redshirt type of situation. So, what advice would you give? Yeah, I'll just say it's definitely not something that um, is just a given. Like, you did you did your work to get there, get on campus, um, get your scholarship, whatever position you're in. Um, but that's really when day one's when the real work starts, I'd say. Uh, yes, they keep us busy every day with workouts, with what we got to do. But it's really the that extra time on your own coming in, getting shots up on the gun, getting some extra conditioning in, just – get an extra lift in depending on what you really need to do. Um, that's something big to really make that stride from being a division one recruit to a, someone that's able to play division one basketball. And then just how important I know everybody says it and every kid comes coming in has heard it a bunch of times, but just your time management. Um, and that yes, basketball's the important side of things. And that's what you really want to be there for, but, getting your education's the most important thing. Um, it's something that uh, everyone's day is going to come to an end that you're done playing basketball and you got to have something else most likely to fall back on. Um, so that's really, you have to really lock in and focus on that kind of stuff. You can't just expect to show up and be able to just play basketball 24-7. There are things that go into it. That's good. That's good advice too. Um so sticking on the advice train here, uh, we have some some high school kids, some some preferably big kids that uh, make some hay or try to make some hay down on the block. What move are you telling them to work on this summer? Be like, hey, here's the deal. You want to you want to score a, a quick 12 in high school? This is the move to work on. Yeah. So I don't even know if I have a name for it. It's uh, what Tut, Tut taught me right when he came here, though. It's just one or two dribbles just into him, just give him a little bump just to kind of feel him out, find where he's at. Then the second one, another another bump and get him back on his heels. And that's all you want because you can't block your shot. So if you give him that little bump and go up quick, there's literally nothing you can do about it. And then, I mean, work on that. Then you got – all you have to do is have one counter out of it and there's your, there's, your, there's your 12 right there. Sounds it. easy. It's an easy game. It really is. <laughs> it is. I'm really not too tough. Put the ball in the <laughs> right, right. Well, um, Austin, this has been awesome. Um, been awesome learning a little bit more about you um, and re reconnecting here as far as, you know, you and I go. But uh, we like to end our podcast uh, with a little section we call Rapid Fire. Uh, well, Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about hoops and some not. You just let us know what comes to the top of your head. Sounds good. All right, man. First one here we always lead with uh, favorite visiting gym or arena in the conference or anywhere, anywhere. So it could have been could have been a high school, could have been somewhere bopping around that northeast Iowa. It could be uh, <laughs> it could be, you know, a U circuit like anything. Like, what do you got? What was your favorite favorite place? Whether it was just because it was a sick gym or you played really well or it's always loud or the fans are you know, loud or whatever. What was your favorite place to go on the road or visiting gym? I'd say I have two. Uh, North Carolina is still definitely up there. My freshman yeah. year, you know, up there. And then uh, the battle for Atlantis, that tournament. Ooh, the yeah. ballroom was just uh, 
I was say, like, wasn't that in a ballroom? Yeah, ballroom. You have to you have to walk through um, the casino because you stay in the hotel. And you walk through the casino, and then the, the gym's right there in the in the hotel. We got we got anyone trying to get a quick slot tap in on the way. Uh, I'm trying to I'm to the blackjack table <laughs> on the way back with Coach Hagen. Like ah, Ten, uh, Tennessee actually we're walking to our game, um, and Tennessee just got done at their game. They're all still in their right orange jerseys. <laughs> They're all up to Jack. Uh, blackjack table and we're like it's like no way this is that but like why yeah. why is why is pj playing blackjack with the balls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great man those are good that's a good one um all right so uh why number 50 why did you choose the, the the big 5-0 that was just uh growing up being a little kid always wanted to be my be like my dad you know how it is um yeah. so chose it and then just kind of stuck with me was able to keep it and then it's my number now too not not his number that's right i surpassed him that's that's right that's a that's a good number such a big man big number right there it's a good big man number two it is i don't don't need to be a number one or number zero out there i can wear 50 it's all right love it um favorite golf course in iowa wow that's a good one um my favorite place to play in uh conference like my conference mm-hmm. in high school would have been oniota and decora and decora mm-hmm. yeah it's a really nice course actually yeah that but is a good most people struggled but i always played well there too so that's a big reason why even better goes into it it's pretty hilly it's pretty hilly it right? there's quite a bit of elevation yeah yeah, yeah that's not a good that one. i don't love love the old waverly courses but it's right. nice to sp- spread the wings a little bit you know yeah take, you get the rounds go on the road you get out to beaver hills at all there in cedar falls yep beaver and pheasant every once in a while that's a good track too. You can't uh, can't go wrong with those. No. Um, favorite uh, favorite basketball shoe. Basketball what? Sorry. Basketball shoe. Ooh. So it used to always be the Hyperdunk. Okay. Don't really make them anymore. All right. Now they're uh. So the past couple of years, I've been a Kyrie guy. Okay. Not a huge Kyrie Irving basketball fan, but don't mind his shoes too much. It's funny. It's funny you say that because Adam and I have had that exact same conversation. Like, man, he, I, those shoes that they make uh, for him are great. I mean, you see a shit ton of them. I mean, they are ever at all levels at college, at the NBA. Um, yeah. Fr- from a player standpoint, he is probably maybe the one, most talented guy that we've ever seen play the game. But that he's a weird cat. So it's yeah. like, man, like <laughs> I can make a, some cool shoes. You can play the game, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not a huge, not a huge Kyrie basketball fan, but uh, do love the shoe. Do love the shoe. Yeah, which, which by the way, Nike it sounds like not picking up. So I don't know what's going to happen there. That'll be interesting yeah, to see. see what happens. Um, all right, Cedar Falls guy, we always got to ask this: uh, peppers or mulligans? I'm gonna. It used to always be mulligans. Like growing up, I'd go there more. But as of late, um, been going to more, more peppers. Okay. All right. They got, they got a little wrap I've been wrap I've been eating quite a bit. So bring in the job done as a late. So okay. as a like late. You kinda you, you kinda uh please both sides on that answer. So I like right. it. Smart answer. Uh, that's right. Yeah. That's a good Not one. My first rodeo. Uh, <laughs> all right. So sticking with the restaurant themes, let's uh let's go back to uh let's go back to Waverly. Where uh where where's the spot to go in Waverly? because um, 'cause we're were you like a was Fanning Goat was around probably when you were yeah, there? Fanning Goat was there when I was yep. Yep. OP, Sasquatch obviously. Jacks now, yep. 
Doesn't stand a chance. Um, OP, obviously Joe's Nighthawk. He, like can't go OP wrong. Was good. Joe's was good. Joe's. Um, what was the the Godfather's turned into what? What's that called now? Next to Joe's, uh, what is that thing called? The bad dog or dog bad? Oh, the dirty dog. Dirty, dirty, dog. Yep. dirty dog. That's actually that's a really good spot. It's the same as like Screaming Eagle, um, uh, Horny Toads. All those. It's like the same menu. Kind of got the same stuff. I'd say growing up in high school, like me and my buddies, we'd always go to Applebee's for half off apps. Right. Didn't have the best food, but that was like the big um, hangout spot, kind of for high school kids. That nice. little after nine, little half off apps. I was get myself <laughs> little little honey barbecue wings. And that was, and, and that Applebee's was like one of the weird, like one of the first. Like, I don't know. It was, it just was different. Cause at that time, like all those Applebee's were the same. Like you walk in and you, yeah. like the layout was the same. And then that one was that different. Changed it, was, it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It changed up. It was like more of like the express one. Like you're supposed to be able to just like go in and get some, get some half price apps. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, right? and then go I mean, cause really trouble at Walmart or something afterwards. I probably never ever really even went there if it wasn't for half of that. My grandma loves it. So we went there every once in a while with her. But other than that, but it, it probably be op or yeah. joe's with some cheese fries and wings man cheese fries yeah, yeah sounds great get out of here with that that's right there <laughs> um, so all right um who's the who's the goat who's the greatest of all time that's um i know i just wish i was able to watch them but I, i'm always gonna say mj yeah. in my opinion um big shack fan Okay. So I'm always, I always kind of steer the question in the most dominant of all time. There you go. So most people don't argue with me either and kind of right. get my shack in there. But uh, I'm not a LeBron hater either. Yeah. I respect LeBron a lot. Um, yeah. But there's just something about MJ's legacy and stuff that I don't know if you can beat. I just wish I was able to see him more. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that gets me to, cause I mean, growing up for me, it's all, LeBron like right. just from my perspective and my years I'm gonna say LeBron but from stuff I've watched um and heard about Jordan I think I always got to go with Jordan yeah you guys no Are you yeah. want to answer too I'm, I'm MJ I, I think Adam is a little bit harder to convince on this but I don't know maybe. I'm a little bit tougher to convince on that one but uh I I can honestly see both sides I'll leave it at that I just wish I was able to watch both that's my thing <laughs> yeah and I know. Like LeBron, LeBron does it all too. Like I'll give him that. Like he's, like he's a, still doing it. That's my thing. And I'm a right. huge LeBron fan too. Like I'm, I'll, I'll ride with LeBron too. I have no problem with that. But it's, uh, it's I'm definitely MJ. So, but yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm, like I'm not one of those guys that's gonna just, say MJ and then just hate on LeBron the whole time. Like, right. I, no. I can see. I could say like an MJ one and LeBron like a one A or something. Like right. there we go. No, that's good. And it's funny too on how you watch the game long enough and you watch these guys' career. I mean, it's something like, you know, grew up hating Reggie Miller and then it gets done and you're like, God, that that dude's pretty legit. Like, he was, you know, he could play, shoot shit out of it. Like, he was fun. I mean, same, same thing with Kobe too. I mean, it was like, there was a level of Kobe's coming for MJ that I had a tough time swallowing. And then, you get in the later years and you kind of like, yeah, man, this dude, it's pretty special. Like it just, it just changes. Um, but, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you answered the most dominant too. Cause I wanted to ask big man, um, who you liked on that side of things. Yeah. Like Shaq, I'm also like Shaq. I'm also a big, uh, Tim Duncan guy as well. 
big fundamental. Like big fundamental. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. I can't go wrong with that. I used to watch some of this stuff for like for footwork and stuff like that. I used to look mm-hmm. up some videos and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that uh he he is a good one, that is for sure. So um all right, we got we'll get you out of here, but before we do, we gotta know what's uh what's the best thing about getting the opportunity um to put on the purple and gold and be a UNI Panther? I'd say um just for me part of it's the kind of the legacy part of it with my dad it's cool but just more of the growing up going to UNI games um always wishing at a young age that you can be in that position to go out there hear your name called starting lineups put on the jersey that kind of stuff is definitely up there and then just knowing um in my time here being here for five years now all the connections I've made and uh, just even like the boosters, all the supporters and fans we have, um, be able to go out there and see all them supporting us win or lose um, and trying to be able to play for, I mean, yourself and the team, but for them as well, pretty cool. And just the support you get from them. Do you uh, do you ever wish you could get a game in the in the Unidome or what? I, th- I was, I thought it'd be cool. Need to get Need to get Iowa Iowa State number two. There you go. Get it over. Get it. Just old time's sake. Uh, Adam could. KG's going to get something set up. I guarantee he will at some point. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk to KG. Let's talk to KG about that. Fran, I don't know if Fran's going to be going for that. I tell you you what, though, man. uh, You you mentioned the connections that you've made at UNI. Um, That is one thing that I wish that myself – and I feel like a, a bunch of other athletes too, you know, would have, would have realized that they're doing while they yeah. were in school, you know, those, those connections. Cause I mean, even after you graduate, you know, learning more about, you know, the professional world, you know, business and stuff like that, those connections are absolute gold. Um, you know, because you, you wore that Jersey, you, you know, worked your ass off for three, four, five, six years, whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and they, they respect that and that gets you a long way in life. So, I'm happy to hear you say that. I don't think anybody's ever said that before. Yeah. I mean, it helps too growing up. I mean, my dad knows a lot of them too. Right. So yep. another, he's he's so, pretty connected. Yeah. <laughs> and being around, just in, even being around in high school, I was able to meet some of the people before and then seeing them there and just kind of having that little pre-connection almost. And, and I'm a talkative guy. I always like to go up and talk to people. So it's, Helps. And and I know now who I need to talk to and who I really need to say hi to. <laughs> right. Know right. the right people. But no, it's not about what you know, but who you know for the future. So That's you right. stay ready. If there if there was a mayor of the Cedar Valley, then Steve would definitely be the guy to run. <laughs> yeah. uh, Knows everybody. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He, he would be perfect for that because obviously he's got the Cedar Falls, Waterloo. He's got Waverly. He's got Nash. I mean, he's got that whole yeah. corridor just covered. Got it mapped out. Every he's. He's got, his, he's got his hands in all of us, so that's great. <laughs> all right, Austin, we appreciate you taking some time with us, bud, jumping on, uh, sharing your story, giving some advice, um, helping our listeners out. Um, we wish you the best of luck. We're excited to continue to follow your journey. We hope things continue to, to improve and get better for you and ultimately uh, seeing that McLeod Center here uh, this coming winter and making some plays and getting some buckets, so we appreciate it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.